you have your Bible, you can lift it up. If not, you can just say this. Say this. This is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today, it will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus Christ, to the glory of the Father. Amen. It really is so good to see everyone. Hallelujah. You know, the more that we are endeavoring to enter in to, especially in the days that we're living in, where it just seems like the enemy is uh, just really challenging the church. And it's a good thing, because when the devil comes out in the open, that's when he's an open target. But especially in these times, I tell you, that's when you appreciate church as never before. You appreciate fellowship, because we need one another. When you are in a battle for real, I tell you what, you need the encouragement, the prayers. You, you need the, the preaching of the word. You need the, we need the intercession of one another. I, I tell you, we really do need one another. And that's a good thing. Amen? All right. We're sharing today on the glory of true identity, the glory of his image. And this teaching, I'm going to be honest with you, it's spiritually discerned. I shared it when I was at Terry Smith's church a few weeks ago. And it produced a lot of fruit. In fact, uh, Kathy and I, we were at Dubois last night, a friend of ours, he had a 40th birthday party. And uh, long story short, he was at that, he doesn't go to that church, but he was at one of the meetings. And he just said it changed his life. And uh, a number of people, we're going to share on this, is spiritually discerned. So you might hear some things that you never heard before. But to enter into the unseen, we need to say the unsaid. Okay, so we're, we're talking about root identity. And what that means is this, seeing our identity from the roots up. You know, it's so easy to say, yeah, I'm a child of God, but what does that really mean? What does it really entail? You know, if you really want to grow as a Christian, you want to enter in, not just to knowing what something's, what you're saying, but why you're saying it and what it entails. Amen from the roots up. So uh, let's start out. A lot of these scriptures we know, but they're, they're amazing. Go, go with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And I want you to personalize this to yourself. Glory to God. In Genesis 1, 26, God said, Let us make man in our image. Of course, it includes women. After our likeness, let's give them dominion over all the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female, he created them. It's interesting. Uh, it says, scripture says he called them both Adam, male and female, to start. And in Genesis 2, 7, in Genesis 1 and 2, there are two different accounts of the creation story. It's a type of the Gospels themselves, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all give a piece of the puzzle. So this is a type of, of, of the Gospels themselves. But in Genesis 2-7, it says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. He's talking about the physical being. And he breathed into his nostrils 
the breath of life. Man became a living soul, some translate say a, a living spirit, the word pneuma. Amen. N E U M A. And again, it's so easy to read this and miss it. <clears throat> when God <clears throat> created man, again, he gave birth to man. He created our physical being through the dust of the earth. God did a pretty good job of dirt. Amen? Amen? He's pretty good. There was a guy, he said, uh, it's an analogy story. He went to God and he said, I can do anything you've done. I can create, I can do this. And, uh, you know, I can make men too, you know. And uh, so he went to get some dirt and God said, "Get make your own dirt. No, God is the only one, the only one that has the power to create. But God went beyond creation. We've said this numerous times, but if you really get this, man birthed Adam and Eve. He breathed into him a degree of the very essence of who he is. I mean, so man is not just a being of creation. He's a being of impartation. You don't create something that's already there. The essence of who man is and woman is, is that which God consists of. That which God consists of. It's amazing. If you really got that, I tell you, you'd be running around the church and you could go home and be blessed but you're not going home. You're going to listen to the rest of it, okay? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. All right. Really? That's why in the Psalms, David says, my glory rejoices over and over again. Psalm 16, over and over again. He calls his spirit glory because man was taken, woman was taken from the very glory of God himself. Man. That's why in Genesis 5, you know, God says this. Let's start with verse 3. It says, And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness. See, using the same terminology of Genesis 1. After his image, same terminology of Genesis 1. Glory to God. And he called his name Seth because he replaced Abel who had died. Glory to God. Mm. So here's the deal. Seth was in the image of Adam. Seth was in the likeness of Adam. When you thought of Seth, you thought of Adam. God wants us to understand when you think of yourself, when you think of your brother and sister that's born again, uh, he said, you're in the image of God. The likeness of God. Luke 3.38. Genealogy. It goes through all the genealogy. You know what I'm saying? From, you know. And, you know, it starts with uh, verse 24. You know, Jesus, who was a son. You know, on and on. Uh, son of Joseph. And it goes all, all, you know, verses and verses. And in verse 38, it, it says just like. You know, Jacob was the son of Isaac. He was the son of Abraham. It just says this. 
in verse 38, Adam, who is the son of God. Wow. That in itself is amazing. Glory to Jesus. Okay. Now, here's where we're going to get, you know, we're going to start to enter into some real strong stuff here. All right? Now, Ask yourself, what does God consist of? We know he consists of love. 1 John 4, 8 says he's love. You can go to 1 Corinthians 13, look at the attributes of love, and see that is to a definite degree of that which God consists of. Amen? But let's go more. Go with me to Hebrews 12, 29. Hebrews 12, 29. And as you're going there, just think about that. You're created in the image of God. If you're born again, if you've been born again, you're in the image of God again. So it means that, as Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God's been poured out in your heart. You're a being of love. Someone says, well, I don't feel like loving this person or that person. Well, that does not mean that you're not that person. It means you're choosing to be someone else other than you are. Mm, that's strong, huh? And that's what we have to look at. Are we going to enter in to being who we really are? Are we going to enter in to being who we think it's okay to be when it's not okay to be? Mm, Jesus. All right. I told you it's going to be strong, amen, but it'll be worth it, all right? Hebrews 12, 29 says, our God is a consuming fire. I, I, it is so easy, in all honesty, it is so easy to minimize God because we correlate him in the context of our experiences, our natural man, and it's easy just to, you know, we hear, yeah, God's in us. Man, every time you read God's in you or you say God's in you, you should just worship. Yes. It's not just, yeah, God's in me. We're talking about God, not the neighbor next door. We're talking about God. He's a consuming fire. Whew, Jesus, glory to God. Malachi 4.2. Hallelujah. Talking about Jesus. Last book in the Old Testament. Let's look at that. Thank you, Jesus. Malachi 4.2. Hallelujah, Jesus. It says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness, arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and and, and with great joy is cast from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked. They shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. You always say hubbub. So God says, Jesus is the son of righteousness. S-U-N. Why does he use that terminology? Because the son is something we can relate to and, and see it in a profound fashion. You know, the core of the sun, I've shared this many times, but I'll tell you, I was years ago, God spoke to me and said, the sun is a type of trinity. 
and it represents my power. I said, okay. So I'll tell you what, you know, not being able to Google well and do this well, I went and found these old encyclopedias in my garage and just looked up the sun and the core of the sun is a million degrees hot. God is a consuming fire. See, we think 212 degrees is hot because it boils. God is a million degrees hot. See, we need Isaiah 26.3. Well, let's read it. Glory to Jesus. Isaiah 26.3. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Turn there with me if you have your Bibles. Glory to Jesus. It says, that will keep him in perfect peace. That's knowing that you're not going to have nothing missing or nothing broken, even when there's a time where it looks like something's missing and broken. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Our mind needs to be stayed on him. Constantly thinking about him. We had a word, I can't remember who gave it, it says, we need to keep looking at Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It says, trust you in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Glory to God. So we have the court of son a million degrees high, I believe it represents the father. Then you have what scientists call the radiance zone. Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews 1, is the radiance of his glory. See, what's in the father's heart can only get to us through Jesus. And then the third part of the son and they're equal, one third, one third, one third, is the combustion zone. It's where, man, there's explosions that take glory to God, the power of the sun, and bring it to the earth. Obviously, it represents the Holy Ghost. He brings the explosions. Glory to God. Here's an amazing verse. Glory to God. Uh, let's go to Revelations 21-23. Revelations 21, 23. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's talking about heaven. It's saying heaven, the, 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 oh, the new Jerusalem, on earth, it's, has no need of the sun, S-U-N. Neither the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God does lighten it. And the lamb is the light therein. Jesus is so glorious. He's not only going to sit on the throne on the right hand of the Father, but there's going to be such glory that emanates from him. He lights up all of heaven. There's no need for S-U-N, no need for the moon. How strong is that? Glory to God. We think a hundred watt light bulb is strong. You know what I'm saying? Shh. Glory to Jesus. We need to think on this. So we get our eyes off of ourselves. I'm going to say it again. We need to think on him so we can get our eyes off of ourselves. Did I pray enough? Was I good enough? You're never going to pray enough. You're never going to be good enough. Now you have a part to play, but it's a small part. It's a die thinking covenant. Die thinking in Hebrew means a lopsided covenant. Hallelujah. We get our eyes off of ourselves. 
You know, in Psalm 104.4, it talks about angels. Psalm 104.4. Mm, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Someone say, this is good teaching already. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. It talks about God. It says, who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire. Man, when you read in Daniel and Ezekiel and Revelation, man, man, some of these angels, man, they are, wow. We're talking about, man, they're powerful. They're fire. So you fight fire with fire. We'll share more on angels at a later time. But man, we'll talk about demons. We need to because Ephesians 6 to do so. Says to do so, but man, angels outnumber demons two to one. And I tell you what, there's no demon that can stand up to the angelic host. But I said this to say this mm, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I almost didn't want to share this because it's very precious to me. And I just want to, man, get a hold of this. And, but I want to share it with you. If angels created beings, are amazing, and their spirits are fire. Their spirits consist of fire. What do you think your spirit consists of? This is what I want you to think on. What do you think your spirit consists of? Glory to Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. Go with me to Hebrews 2, and then we'll look at what our spirit consists of. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11 is an amazing verse. See, the reason this isn't preached is most people are afraid to preach it because they think that though it's, out, it's so much out of the box and it thinks that people think, well, that you're exalting man when you do this. No, you're exalting God. I've never been involved in a miracle, like, you know, blind seeing or I mean, a great miracle what I ever, ever, someone says, well, you know, you get involved in miracles, it'll make you proud. I'm here to tell you something. You're involved in a miracle. You will step back and bow and just look at Jesus. Amen. You know that it ain't about you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And the person that thinks it is, I would not want to be around. Amen. Hebrews 2.11 is amazing. <laughs> Glory to God. Says for both he that sanctifies, that's Jesus, and those who are sanctified, that's you. Listen to this. Are all of one Father, for which reason he is not ashamed to call you his brother. Now he's also your God, obviously, your Savior. But how can Jesus call you his brother? Because you're born of the same seed. You're born again. You're born in the image of Jesus. Obviously, Jesus always was. And not like the Mormons teach that you always were like Jesus and you came down from heaven just to increase your ability, you know, to a higher level of piety. And in Mormonism, they believe you can become greater than Jesus, which is blasphemous. No, we, Jesus always was. But how can he say that? 
Romans 8, firstborn among many. Why? Because he's given you the same image in the context of your ability to have intimacy with the Father. Doesn't mean you're omnipresent, omniscient, glory, you know, omnipotent, some little God, but it means that you're in a realm of beings that no one else is. If an angel, man, if you could see an angel through the discerning of spirits right here, you'd be like, whoa. But I'm here to tell you, Hebrews 2 goes on to say that when angels sinned, God never even thought about shedding his blood for them because they weren't children of God. They were servants of God. No angel cries up or has a desire to. But he died for us who he made covenant with. If you saw an angel, I mean, you, you would be blown away. But here's the deal. What does your spirit consist of? I, I really believe, and I've been praying just to, just to enter into this, just to enter into seeing through the word of God and in the eyes of your spirit, you know, what our spirit consists of. If God is a consuming fire, angel spirits are fire, obviously I believe our spirits are they're fi- our spirits are made of fire. The mind of our spirit is fire. Not just any fire. The fire of the image of God. Man, we're going to look at this intently and specifically. Man, you know, the mind of Christ, we say that so flippantly, easily. Your spirit man is who you really are. I was sharing this at Terry Smith's church. A lady come up, I respect the worship leaders there, main worship leader. And she was all excited. Man, she's just jumping up and down after service. She said, can I talk to you just a minute? I said, all right. She said, you were talking about letting God give us the revelation of our true identity. See, we're encased in this physical body, this earth suit. All right? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, so we, should, we know the glory of God is from him and not us. This earth suit will do this to you, won't it? And she said, I had this experience. I, I, I didn't even tell anybody because it was so out of the box. She said, I was in Phillipsburg, which is between Clearfield and State College where Penn State is. And she said, I had this vision. She said, I'm just walking down the street and it's like, my spirit went, this is just a vision that really didn't happen, a vision. My spirit went out of my body. And I could see my spirit, and there was a guy there that was demonized to the max, over, you know, just a few feet from me. And through the hand of my spirit, I pointed at him, and I saw my spirit man. And with the mouth of my spirit, I said, come out of him in Jesus' name, and, and he was delivered. Then in the vision, she said, my spirit came back. It's, it's scriptural in the sense that this is just a vision, but, you know, Paul said when he, he entered in to the third heaven, he said, well, I was out of my body and just in my spirit or, or not. He said, I could not tell. But she said it was so amazing. She said, I caught a glimpse of my spirit. I said, what was that? She just started to weep and then cry and then jump. And she said, it was like, 
I don't know, it's like atomic energy. She said it was incredible, indescribable. I said, well, that's the real you. But here's the deal, guys. Why is it the real you? Because of who your father is. Woo! Glory to God. What did you do to get it? Nothing. It was only you accepted Jesus. It was something. But was it, is it by your works you, you entered into who you are? Wow. It's amazing, she said. And I had a similar experience, just to some degree. I was with my dad, but he went to be with the Lord, and he had accepted Jesus about four months prior, and he really got on fire for God. And, and I was with him, holding his hands, and when his spirit left his body. And, I, and God, through the discerning of spirits, I caught a glimpse of his spirit. It was like, whoa, wow, that's amazing. It's kind of a glimpse. It was like, man, it was amazing. Why are we sharing this? See, John 3, 3 says you're born again so you can see and know the kingdom. You can't enter into something you don't know about and see. John 3, 5 says you, so you enter into the kingdom. Now, the obvious is, man, if my spirit is like this, why am I struggling with this? <laughs> it's because the devil has used our physical bodies to cause us to think that this is who we are. We turn to the natural mind rather than to the mind of our spirit. We turn to what our natural eyes see and many times it sees things that makes, minimizes God. Doesn't look like God's force but against us. Doesn't look like God's faithful. It looks like God is this or that. And because we've not been taught to live by our spirit, walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5, 16. And then we got these doctrines Romans 7, you know, my God, it's somebody that's not saved, but we think it's talking about someone that's saved. The things that I want to do, I can't do. Isn't that good news? My, and the things that, you know, I, I don't want to do, I end up doing. And people, they negate the reality of who they are through deception. Romans 7 has been taught a million times more than what you're hearing today. Man, there's more songs about Romans 7 than there is about the goodness of God and overcoming. Mm, Jesus. The devil is afraid of you, the real you. Again, faith is in your heart. It's in the mind of your spirit, the mind of your heart. So we all struggle with double-mindedness at times. I do at times. That's why decisions determine destiny. My, my natural mind says, wow, you do this, you're going to lose, man. This isn't just the way it's, man, no, you can't do that. But my mind and my spirit says, you know what? I can expect this. The mind of my spirit says, I can expect when I get the word of God that this word is going to be lit unto me like it was lit to Jesus by the Holy Ghost. 
my natural mind says, you know, come on. And then you go in there and the devil is always going to bear witness with your natural mind and you have a bad time. And Anybody ever go into quiet time and the only thing you get is tired? Come on. Man, he's opposing it. That's why we got to walk by faith. Glory to God. Right now, there's oppression trying to come on people on the earth because there's a spirit of chaos in our nation. There's a spirit of murder in our nation. There's a spirit of oppression in our nation. There's a spirit of victimization in our nation. And if you don't know how to walk above it, you're either going to appease it, to live with it, or succumb to it. Mm. Because the princes of the power of the air are stronger than they've ever been. Guess what? Jesus says, when the enemy gets stronger like a flood, my grace, it gets stronger. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Somebody says, how do you know your spirit is like this? It's because the Holy Ghost, my spirit is so strong. The spirit of anybody that's born again is so strong, it can contain the Holy Ghost. See, Jesus said, man, you got to be born again because if the Holy Ghost came in you now, he'd destroy you. He'd burst your wineskins. Again, we minimize the spirit of God. It's just, it's just amazing. I, I, they took a, I gotta do this quick. They did a study at Christian College. They said in a shocking revelation, a study published by the Cultural Research Center of Arizona found, showed that 58% of people who identify as Christians believe that the Holy Spirit is not a real living being, but merely a symbol of God's power, present, or purity. 58%. Of Christians believe that the Holy Spirit is not a real living being. 72% agree that people are basically good. 71% consider feelings as a key to a gauge of guidance. Wow. 66% say that having faith matters more than which faith you pursue. These are evangelical Christians. 64% say that religious faiths are of equal value. 58% believe a person is good enough and does enough good things they can earn their way to heaven. 57% believe in karma. 52% claim that determining moral truth is up to each individual. There are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone. These are people that say they're Christian. Whether they're 58% don't even know the Holy Ghost is a person. Why? Because it hadn't been taught. Glory to God. Holy Spirit's amazing. James 4, 5 talks about his jealous lust, his desire to minister to us. Man. Genesis 1 says the Holy Spirit created the universe. It was in the Father's heart. Jesus spoke what he saw in the Father's heart and the Holy Ghost created it. Isaiah 40, man, hallelujah, Jesus. I want to encourage you. I know there's a lot here to get to see. I mean, there's a lot here. Isaiah chapter 40, 
Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Glory to God. It says the Holy Spirit, let me see, get the right verses, glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Who has measured the earth in, in, in uh, verse 12? Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? He measures the seas in the hollow of his hand. What can you measure in the, on the hollow of your hand? Whew. I, I, I mean, maybe a quarter of a cup of oil or something. I don't know what to cook a cake with. The Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. And meted out heaven with the spin, comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills and the balance. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord? Who has directed the Holy Ghost? Who is his counselor as hide him? Wow. And we say this one's in us. Just like we say, you know what? Who's playing in the game today? He is creator God of the galaxies. He's the one to put Jesus inside of Mary, the incarnation, by just overshadowing her. He's in you. Lori, why are we sharing this? Hallelujah, Jesus. So you can see you've got the upper hand. Hallelujah. You know, three little kids, you know, the one kid says, my dad's a teacher, you know, in the high school. Other kid says, my dad's a principal in the high school. Other kid's man says, you know what? My, my dad's a construction guy and he built the high school. Another kid says, my dad's God. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Mm. He rose Jesus from the raised Jesus from the dead. He's the one that was in the Holy of Holies that could only be approached by the blood once a year. And now he's in your spirit. Wow. To infuse the life of Jesus into you and through you and for you. Hallelujah. This is what I need to keep my mind on. Glory to God. Whoo, Jesus. Mm, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Mm. He who keeps his mind on God will be kept in peace, will enter into triumph. Glory to God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the greater one in me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And I know that this is hard to receive because it's not been taught and because we do so many stupid things. Myself included, believe me, more so. Man alive. You know, we enter into the natural. We enter into just holy moly. You know what I'm saying? 
And it's like, I'll be honest with you, I had, we had a really good healing service a couple of years ago. And there's somebody healed of cancer. I mean, for real, I mean, going to die, they lived. And I'm excited. You know, so that was on Saturday evening. Well, Sunday after church, I got home, and I, there's this buzzing. You know, I thought it was the fire alarm, right? And it was, it was a fire alarm. It's just, oh, it's just driving me crazy. So I went upstairs, and man, I couldn't get it out of the wall. I couldn't stop it, so I'm hammering it, and I, finally I busted it in pieces, and it's still ringing. <laughs> and my wife comes up, and she said, how can someone that just got someone healed of cancer that was dying not know the difference between a fire alarm and a doorbell? And I thought, you got a point. <laughs> we do some stupid things. <sighs> Lord Jesus. And then we're talking about the Holy Ghost, the God of creation being in us, right? And having a spirit of fire. And can't tell the difference between a doorbell and a fire alarm. Well, that's why, you know what I'm saying, we need to meditate on this a lot. Amen? Because you're always going to do stupid things. Because in the natural, we're in the natural. I'm not saying the sin and rob a bank, but what I'm saying is, but it's not hard to be humble. But we need to understand. We have the mind of Christ. That's not this mind. It's the mind of your spirit, but it's the effectless mind. But what's the mind of Christ? Well, if we're in his image, I said if we're in his image, then what he thought when he was on the earth should be what we think. Shh. I guess all the time struggling with pornography. It's like, I'm only human, and I always tell him you need to get saved. Stop thinking with this thing and start thinking with this thing, the mind of your spirit. Amen? I'm preaching to me too. We not only think about Jesus, we think through the mind of Jesus. Glory to God. Man, when you have some goofy thought going on in your head, who knows why some thoughts come? Might be because you had too much pepperoni on your pizza. I don't know. Could be the devil. Could be your flesh. Could be all kind of things. See, that's not the real me. The real me. My mind is the mind of Christ. I said, I wouldn't say that for the world. That's blasphemy. No, that's why Jesus died. Because he knew you couldn't make it through your own mind. Because there's a way that seems right unto me, and it's a way is death. Glory to God. See, God's wants to take out the natural mind and replace it with his mind and the devil's trying to take out the mind of Christ and replace it with your natural mind. In my mind of my spirit, there's a knowingness that Jesus is Lord. There's a knowingness of Trinity. There's a knowingness that this word is true. There's a knowingness 
that when I act on this word in accordance with the wisdom of God, it's confirmed in my life. But there is another mind trying to supersede your mind with the help of the devil and the world and the flesh and many times people in the church. Yeah, they, they, they stood for their healing and they died. Can I tell you something? I got empathy and that breaks my heart. But I'm going to tell you something. I made a decision a long time ago. It's just like years ago, they had a, a number of scandals in the church. Jimmy Swaggart entered into sexual sin and this guy entered into sexual sin and this person entered into sexual sin. And I was with a CMA pastor and he put his head right on my shoulder. He said, who can make it? I said, I can. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have empathy for that person that fell. I've had empathy for that person, that man that loves God and knows God, but struggling with their healing. They may not be a much stronger Christian than me. But I'm not going to enter into the natural mind and let that influence me. Doesn't mean I think I'm better than that person at all. Doesn't mean I don't have empathy, but it means that I'm going to enter into the mind of Jesus, which says if a thousand fall on my left and 10,000 at my right, I'm going to keep on going. Because you see, my relationship is between me and Jesus. My responsibility is to this word, which is his mind. Glory to God. Someone says it's so hard to do. Well, that's why we need grace. But we need to understand that you have a mind of fire. And there's an unbelief in the mind of your spirit. I don't feel it and faith it until you do. Amen. That's right. Glory to God. In the ears of your spirit, it's how you hear God. Isn't it amazing to hear the voice of God every day? Wow. The ears of your spirit, you hear God every day. Isn't it amazing? What'd you do to get it? You know what you did to get it? You received the new birth. Glory to God. That's all you did was take the gift that was offered to you. And in that gift is the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. The eyes of your spirit. Man, you can sense glory. The mouth of your spirit you speak with. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. See, this is so important because we all struggle with doubt at times. Choose life. Choose the fire of the mind of your spirit over refined dirt. Mm. But you see, you've got to meditate on this to really be able to make it easy to choose. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes wrong looks right. Sometimes the wisdom of man looks better. 
more, more logical, commonsensical. Mm. Jesus, how awesome is grace? Seriously, certainly it's unmerited. All of this is unmerited. It's all a gift. But you see, it's the root of true identity. Because a lot of people, you know, find your identity as a Christian. Find your gift. Find your gift. God, see something? That's fine, finding your gift. I believe in that. Finding your gift is not the root of your identity. Finding out who your father is the root of your identity and understanding that you got your father's eyes. That's why people are so caught up in gifts. I believe in gifts. They're part of our inheritance. But they're not the root of identity. That's why Jesus said, man, when these guys came back and said, we cast out demons in your name, we healed in your name. And he said, you know what? That's good. But remember this. Your name's in the book of life, man. It's about relationship first. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. All right. So much with this Jesus. Mm. So we need to enter into this reality. So in their time of trial, and it doesn't look like the Spirit of God's coming through for you. It doesn't, it looks like, man, the enemy, you know, he's, his tricks are, man, causing you to stumble. It doesn't look like you're going to recover. It doesn't look like that desire of your heart's going to come to pass. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. We need to enter into declarations and say, the same God who gave his son for me will certainly with him give me all good things, Romans 8, 32. The one who died for me is surely greater than the one who lied to me. The Holy Ghost who created the earth, who put Jesus inside of Mary just by a shadow, who raised Jesus from the dead, who created my born-again spirit to begin with, brought it forth, is certainly able to touch me, infuse the life of Jesus into me to believe. Touch me so I'll be healed. Touch me so, man, that, that lie of my past doesn't haunt me. Cause me to be able to love even when it's uncomfortable. Amen? But we got to think on these things. Because as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. The biggest, to me, lie is who we really are in the context of the church. Someone says, we're just people that are still sinful, covered by the blood of Jesus. That is not the gospel. The blood of Jesus has changed me from a person of wrath and evil to a person of faith, love, wisdom, and power. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. We need to worship Jesus. 
as never before for who he is to us and who he's made us to be. Far above any angel, any being that will ever be created or has been. We need to worship him for the gospel. How great is his love knowing that when he, when he gave birth to man, that man would despise his name, curse his name, want to destroy the very being that created them so they themselves could be God. And that's what's going on right now. Yet he went through and gave us birth, knowing that the blood of his son would be required to bring us back. He just didn't make that decision flippantly. He knew the cost. He said, you know what? This is my greatest desire. Not to have angels, but to have children birthed by the very fire of the Holy Ghost. Beings in my image. Spirit to spirit. Fire to fire. Glory to glory. In the midst of trial, I believe that the greater one the greater one who's in me. Again, it's amazing. The living God. How holy is God? How holy is the Holy Ghost? He's he's the Holy Spirit. How great is his holiness? I don't know how many remember Howard Pittman has come to our church different times before he went to be with the Lord. I spent quality time with him. Before he was raised from the dead, and he was dead, dead, aneurysm exploded in his heart. He stood before Jesus. I remember Kathy and I having lunch with him at a restaurant in town. And I heard his testimony many times. And he looked right in my face. He said, we talk about Jesus. He said, you have no idea what it's like to look into the face of Jesus. He says his purity and holiness will make any man bow. The fear of God to come. He's like, he's unlike any being on earth. He said, yet his love and his mercy are equal to it. The Holy Spirit. Who can contain the Holy Spirit? Who can house the Holy Spirit? You can't. Why does he want to be in you? He wants to be in you. Woo! So he can live through you. Glory! Hallelujah! Oh, we hear that verse, we sing it, we quote it, and all this is good. I'm not here to condemn you and me. I'm here to say, let's enter in deeper. When we say, greater is he that's in me, than the doubt, than the fear, than the anger, than the not understanding of my natural mind, than the loss, than the past sin. 
and we say greater is he. We need to understand what we're saying. Amen? Woo, Jesus. We need to understand what we're saying. So we have a visual that the greater one, when we speak this word, flows through us like he flowed through Jesus. Why? Because this is the gospel. This is the gospel of true identity. The gospel of birth. It's amazing. It's so amazing that it's so easy to minimize. But this is what we want to meditate on, okay? Church, I believe God's calling us into some things we've never done before. We have to put away stupid things like sins of the flesh, judging one another wrongly, pride, anything between you and Jesus. And we can. Because what you see, you will be. And if you see who you really are, What you're doing is exalting the blood of Jesus. See the blood of Jesus. Who you are. The blood of Jesus does many things, but two of the main things it does, one, it gives you the value. You want to know how much you're worth? How much is the blood worth? Second, you want to know who you are? What did the blood produce? See, it's not about you or me. It's about what the blood has produced. He who knew no sin became sin. He bore the stripes that we might become the righteousness of God, the image of God because of Jesus. Ooh, stand with me if you will. Glory to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Does this excite you? I don't know about what it does to you. I hear the Lord saying, in these last days that we're in, you can either look down and say there's no way out. You can lose hope and just pray for an early rapture, which is not God. Or you can look up and say, God, the enemy the enemy's trying his best to dissuade me, to bring me into unbelief. He's trying his best to minimize who I really am. But he's made a wrong choice. Because, Lord, it causes me to look to you more. It causes me to look to you more. to see what Christianity is really about. Rather than bowing to the soul, dominating it. Rather than living by the soul, living by your spirit. And the greater one in you. Glory to Jesus. If you're listening to my voice, you listen to this message, and you're not a Christian, I'm going to be very honest with you, you are very foolish. 
You are deceived or rebellious or both. If you think in any way that you're going to stand on the day of judgment before God himself and his holiness without the blood of his son and the born again spirit, you're deceived and foolish. Jesus is calling you out of deception, out of foolishness that says, I want to live for just for this life, for the pleasures of sin. He's calling you out of the deception. Say, God, I want to stop playing games before it's too late. I ask you to cause me to be born again. Take me from death to life. Forgive me in Jesus' name. You said that prayer? Call the number on the screen or write us. We'll give you some material to help you. If you're a Christian and those of us here and you feel like, man, you're overwhelmed, you're lonely, it's like it's too much. And the natural, it is too much. But God says, my grace is sufficient. God did not create you to fail. God did not create you to be dominated by the curse. That's why he made you who you are. Is there a battle? Yes. Is the battle great? Yes. But the blood is greater. The spirit of God is greater. The love of God is greater. Who God's made you to be is greater. Can you confess with me right now to say, Father God, I worship you for making me your child. Cause me to see what it really means. You've created me in the image of your only begotten son. Help me to walk in this image through the mind of Christ from triumph to triumph winning souls each and every day.